So for the listener's background, Allison Powell and I have been kind of chatting about filmmaking behind the scenes here, coming up with ideas. She shared some awesome ideas that she has. I shared like full spectrum ideas, ideas, right? Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, I've always wanted to do a movie based around this sort of an idea. And then I wake up to Rob's 17 paragraphs of a beautiful movie. Uh, and I said, yeah, let's do that. I'm I'm so into it. Yeah, you did. So, so Allison liked this one idea. It happened to be the one about outdoors. And I've been, <laughs> I've been trying to push Surprise. her into a character that's outside the high school. And, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, it's funny how it worked out. So we decided. It's about s- time I act my age, we might say. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm excited. It's a unique idea. It seems like. There's enough twists and turns in it, and I'm not going to share anything about it, but it was, I guess, good enough. You've read a script or two, right? Yeah. Screenplay, yeah, is that the read, right word? Yeah, screenplay, scripts. Yeah, I think I say both. I've read a lot of them, and spoiler alert, most of them are not very good. Really? Uh, but this is, yeah, oh yeah, for sure. Uh, but this this idea is really, really solid outdoors it has so many elements that i love and i'm into so i'm super excited to be working on a on a new film project that i'm really passionate about i love it yeah i mean it's it's amazing i i think that the uniqueness of this is how the storylines play out and Mm -hmm. how you get to write some and i get to write some and just full-blown i mean we signed a collaboration yeah. agreement and collaboration yeah. agreement yeah and it's official we'll see what happens i think it'll be really fun to see what other people think of the script and mm-hmm. hopefully in 2022 i can help co-produce it we'll see yeah we'll be filming yeah come find us we'll be somewhere out on a trail come find us so i just wanted to share that insight and this all came about from matt daniels Big shout out to Super him. Super shout out. Yeah. Yeah. Just one of his athletes needed some help for Moab 240. Turned into a cool episode and hopefully a cool film. So Definitely. I'm look, pumped. Look forward to working with you throughout the next uh, few months here until we get the script finalized. And yeah, enjoy the episode, yeah. guys. Talk to you later. Quiet on set, roll sound, roll camera, camera set, training for ultra podcast, season four, episode one, four, six, take one, action. If we could just free ourselves of our perceived limitations and tap into our internal fire, the possibilities are endless. I'll tell you about it when it happened in the race, but to be honest with you, it happened even before the race. It happened in the training. Great cause. Oh, thank you. I respect that, man. So you keep doing what you do, it, man. Keep inspiring. Jam Jam, Jamil Curry here from Era Viper Running, and welcome to the Training for Ultra podcast. For all you kids out there, stay safe and stay strong. Hey, everyone. It's the Training for Ultra podcast. Scott Jurek here. I was physically totally wrecked. I, I had nothing left. I figured 
I might as well move as quickly as possible towards the finish line if I was going to be moving towards it anyways. How do you even do that? Decided if I could, you know, finish a 50 miler, I could probably run across the country. Right now I'd say that my beers per day is still higher than my miles per day that I'm running. 100 miles is not that far. Hey, this is Carl Meltzer, the Speed Goat, and I want to welcome everybody to the Training for Ultra podcast. Welcome to episode 146 of the Training for Ultra podcast. My name is Rob. I also go by Training for Ultra, and we have a great episode. We're talking to Allison Powell, who is a filmmaker. She's a writer, actor, she basically does it all on set, and She's also an ultra runner, and it was really cool that, you know, she wanted to ask me a bunch of questions about Moab 240, and I felt like, why why just keep this uh, a conversation between two people? Let's share as much as possible to help others that are maybe either running a 200 this year or thinking about it and want some insights. So, yeah, I hate to talk so much during an episode, but... I think this will hopefully help her. It'll help some other people. And it was a fun kind of interactive experience. And then we got to chat about filmmaking. And ironically enough, after the fact, I was chatting with her about some filmmaking ideas and we ended up collaborating on a project. So who knows? I, I'm really thankful, um, you know, to have the opportunity to work with someone that does film full-time and shout out to Alyssa Clark for being an awesome co-host. She adds a great element to this interview and I think you guys will really enjoy it. Big thank you to Hammer Nutrition. If you haven't tried them out, feel free to use my referral code, promo code 252888 to save 15% off your first order. I just tried out some Exoskin socks. They sent me some fresh ones. Oh my gosh. Uh, Definitely check out Exoskin. Check out the show notes for a discount code. And I just, I forgot what a fresh pair of Exoskins feels like. I mean, I've had some since Moab 240 of 2018 that I still wear, but nothing like getting a fresh pair. Uh, So big thanks to Croy for sending those out. But they got a bunch of different color options now. And I got some... It's weird to get excited about white socks because I haven't worn white running socks, I think, basically ever. But check them out. They have just high-quality all-around gear. Big thank you to Kogala. I've gotten a lot of requests on what light do I recommend during just big efforts, 24 hours, 48 hours, multi-day type efforts. And Kogala is what I personally favor I mean, it's kind of earth shattering when you put a Kogala light on a waist belt and you can move your head around during the nighttime, but the settings of that light can get so bright that it's kind of game changing. It, it changes your mental attitude at night a lot of times and really helps you see on technical terrain. can't recommend them enough. I'm thankful they're a sponsor for sure, but I would, it's hard to not use a Kogala light after you use that one honestly. Big thank you to Destination Trail. They got a ton of races, virtual races, um, 
Listeners should definitely check out if you get a chance. Got those trademark belt buckles at stake. I think they have one of the longest virtual races available. So I know there's been a lot of races canceled this year, but Destination Trails continuing to put on some really cool virtual races. So check them out. Last but not least, Patreon supporters. Giant thank you to Brian Sands. He is now um, one of the, the major sponsors within Patreon. Just huge huge supporter. Richard Murray, too. Both of those guys are just crushing it. I really, really appreciate them. And then still within this big shout-out list, David, Brian, Meg, Landon, Pat, Joseph, Ray, Todd, and Matthew, you guys are in the shout out tier. I really, really appreciate you guys. And hopefully we can have you all on again, maybe have another Patreon kind of group chat here coming up soon. But regardless, if you're donating a hundred dollars a month or a dollar a month, I mean, it's all going towards inspiring content for you guys. So I really, really appreciate you making this all possible and all work. I'm joined here by Allison Powell. She is a LA filmmaker and ultra runner. Awesome to have you on the show, Allison. Thanks for joining me. Oh my gosh. Thank you for having me. I'm like starstruck to be on the podcast. Oh, likewise. And we're also joined by Alyssa Clark, who is uh, becoming almost a permanent co-host at this point. Alyssa, thank you for joining me again. No problem. Wow. I, I'm starstruck right now, too. Oh, my gosh. I, it's mutual all around. It's going to be a great time. <laughs> so I can just tell you, Rob made fun of me for the last couple of podcasts that we've been recording about being starstruck mm-hmm. and excited. And I can tell you he's texted me nonstop about how excited he is about talking to you. So, Oh, my gosh. Ugh. I mean, That's I'm not amazing. really that interested in filmmaking, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, just like a little bit it's like uh, a side interest yeah you're like you know maybe i'll train to do a 5k oh whoops now i'm <laughs> doing ultras oops i mean and that's it's funny because a mutual friend of allison and i's uh reached out and was like hey rob allison has some questions she's gonna run moab 240 it's like uh, okay um and Literally, be I, I think I replied to an email or something. It was just like, you know, just text me. Uh, be happy to give mm-hmm. you some pointers here and there. I don't normally do yeah. this, but whatever. And, and like, quickly Google searched you. And I was like, are you Allison Powell, like, the filmmaker, actor, <laughs> writer, producer? Oh, my God. Like, did you just wow. make, that, make that big movie? Uh, I think it dropped this year, right? Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, it came out in July on Amazon. So, like, what are the I'm, like, odds, shocked right? And, I'm just shocked and humbled that you're, like, Googling me. I just was like, am I texting a serial killer? Like, and, and <laughs> don't worry, and, and being a film producer and serial killer are not mutually exclusive, so I'll, I'll put For that sure out not. there. But, um, yeah, I, I just wanted to check, and it's funny, I, I just, I felt like... If you're going to throw questions at me about Moab 240, I get to throw questions on filmmaking to you, and let's record it, and it'll be fun. Everyone will learn something interesting. Yeah, let's do it. Let's throw down. Alyssa, are you going to be the referee here? Yes. Essentially. (laughs) Alyssa. I I am 
Alyssa has tons of experience with probably 95% of the questions that you ask. She'll have some take on it as long as it's not course specific. But even that, she might have yeah. already studied the course a little bit. But yeah, start us off, Allison. What what are you what are you thinking? You're running Moab two forty this year. I'm running Moab two forty this year, you know, all crossing our fingers that it doesn't get canceled. It looks like it's going. Uh, which I really thought for the longest time. I was like, it's gonna cancel, it's gonna cancel. So I'm not even gonna worry about it. Like, let's not stress about something that's not gonna happen. And now it's like, oh, okay, no, we're doing that in two months. Okay, great. Or less, like a month now. Um, I think my biggest question is on the course, is just, like, the navigation and markings. Like, yeah. I don't know. I feel like they make it seem like it's going to be Barkley-style, like, <laughs> find your way in the dark. And I'm just curious, like, have you gotten lost? Is it pretty easy to get lost? Is it easy to find your way back on using the GPS app? Yeah. Like what's been your experience on the course itself? So there's part of the book that talks about going and adding like a bonus half mile out and half mile back. And honestly, okay. those, those will end up being the memorable parts. So you need mm -hmm. to just mentally prepare now that you're going to get lost. It's 240 miles. Okay. So, okay. And just just to have Candace Candace and her crew and the volunteers marking a course that's 240 mm -hmm. miles, like they have mm -hmm. to put the ribbons or they call them dragons because they glow in the dark uh, or reflect. I mean, um, mm -hmm. like a quarter of a mile apart. So kind of mm -hmm. worst case scenario, if you've gone a quarter of a mile and it's not an obvious like trail that you're on, kind of stop. Get used to pulling out your phone and just check that GPX. It works really, mm -hmm. really well. And okay. it's just a matter of it's so much better to take the time, take 20 minutes to really get comfortable with how that app works. And that way you save yourself 20 minutes of pulling out your hair live, like at, in the race, freaking right. out, like, oh, it's not working. They're going to check mm -hmm. it during check-in. So they'll okay. have you pull pull out your phone, but so part of your strategy is, and that's required gear to have your phone on you with the GPX, mm -hmm. is charging. So your crew needs anytime you see your crew, first thing, charge your phone, charge your watch, so yeah. that you have you know the proper charges because. I, I've been out there and your phone dies. And worst case, honestly, is you just wait for another headlamp to show up and you just team up with people. So yeah, there's like a backup system to the backup system. But I mean, my last thoughts on course marking is you're going to be highly sleep deprived. And mm -hmm. so make it stupid simple for yourself. Make it so like, yeah. you know, if my five-year-old was out there he could just pull up the phone and kind of like follow the path because yeah. men mentally you'll, you'll probably at times be even below that. So <laughs> for sure, don't, I and I've been out there on porcupine rim with some like people seriously hallucinating and it's dangerous. There are giant drop offs. And I remember mm -hmm. distinctly fan almost going over the edge on porcupine rim without any wow. pacer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So just be careful, be smart. Okay. 
I will also just add on the getting lost part is that I don't know if I've run a race where I haven't gotten lost. And you you just have to kind of decide it's okay and laugh at it. Um, and I've had really good... So a multi-stage race that I did, my best day came from going off course uh, almost four miles. So... Wow. Okay. It's fine. Yeah. You know, it yeah. happens to the best of us. It's just getting yourself back on track and not trying to catch up yeah. time, especially if it yeah. happens early. Rob's okay. show is really good at showing this of like something bad happens. Don't rush trying to right. fix it. You have days to fix it. I've, I've learned so. it the hard way. Like so many yeah, times same. before <laughs> the triple crown and even during the triple crown, there was a time when I forgot both my poles ran a mile oh. down half a mile down had to circle back because i was scared someone because it was a part of the race where the 100k runners were coming up and we were going down and i was like Mm -hmm. oh my gosh like a 100k runner is going to grab these poles and take them all the way back to the next Mm -hmm. aid station so i kind of panicked which i don't think showed up well in the in that show but i've been Mm -hmm. in races i've been in 50ks where i hammered out like seven minute pace to catch back up to where i thought i should have been big mm-hmm. big mistake especially in the moab, yeah. moab desert <laughs> so just mentally prepare like you've already gotten lost twice at moab t40 sorry allison deal with it great <laughs> great yeah. yeah that's that's such good advice um and super helpful what else do you have uh from watching your YouTube video on the 2018 Moab race, which is, I think, the best one on YouTube, definitely Thank the you. most watchable. Um, I know you kind of make like your sleep plans and your race plans. What's your opinion on like planning that? Obviously, you want to keep it fairly flexible, I would think, because right. things change or you go off course or whatever, but mainly. Like, I feel like I have such a hard time falling asleep. Like, do you just say to yourself, you know, I'm just going to lay down and rest for however long. And if I sleep, great. If I don't, you know, at least I'm just resting. Don't don't take a sleep break. I mean, it it takes some self-knowledge. Like after a while, you figure Mm -hmm. out how long you can run before you really hit a wall. And Mm -hmm. at big horn 100 i figured out like 36 hours that's how long i can pretty much go without any kind of massive naps anything before 36 hours is kind of like an emergency nap like you might have seen in the show and (laughs) yeah that was just accumulated like triple crown fatigue but Mm -hmm. for moab 240 i mean you should be able to get i would say I mean, you can take a quick nap, maybe around 100 miles. That mm-hmm. should be right around 36 or less for you. Mm-hmm. And that's a really strategically good spot, depending on the time of day. So if you have a crew car that's set up with the ability that you can take a nap there, or you, mm-hmm. hit, a, you hit an aid station that has sleep tents, mm-hmm. be really smart with the time of day. Because if it's the middle of the daytime, it's the hottest point, you're in the desert, Mm -hmm. that's not going to be like super quick miles. You're going to get dehydrated and beat up. So if you're tired at that same exact point and you can fall asleep in a air-conditioned sleep car, it's perfect. It's absolutely perfect to get a two-hour nap in 
because mm-hmm. instead of slogging out 12, 14 minute miles and just, you know, really depleting yourself, you can actually do the opposite and then utilize kind of the darkness to get through mm-hmm. uh, the desert. But yeah, have a sleep plan, but make it dynamic. So I would highly recommend, and I know you're, you've thrown down an FKT before, you're, yeah. you're decent at running for sure, <laughs> but you're still going to need a few hours of sleep. And I learned that I hate talking about myself so much here. Um, no, two, I love two, it. 2018 versus 19. I slept mm-hmm. maybe not twice as much in 19, but thanks to Kyle Pietari <laughs> not waking me up, which was genius actually after the fact. So yeah, Harvard trained lawyer <laughs> knew what he was doing. He, he mm-hmm. let me sleep for three hours right around the 120 mile mark. And Uh I shot out of a cannon after that nap. Normally, I would sleep for an hour and a half. But the Mm -hmm. more I I actually let my whole body kind of recover. And I was trying to do that at mile 75 because I just felt like totally destroyed. And a little extra sleep. And I was clipping off 10 to 12 minute miles for like a half, half marathon. So that when I hit mile 140... My crew was like hours behind. They didn't even make. I beat my crew to the next aid station, so that extra hour that I would not have given myself, I made up quickly during the actual running part, which is kind of counterintuitive. But yeah, you're gonna yeah. bonk. Get comfortable. Just taking a 15 minute nap on the trail. Set your watch mm-hmm. to to set the alarm or set your phone. That's what I used to do. Right. Okay for 15 minutes and see how long you sleep if you get all 15 in that's awesome but maybe maybe pick a higher altitude area if you're going to sleep on the trail moab because there are some Mm -hmm. some critters but nothing serious i i don't think i i thought about it twice so you want to you get so tired honestly that you don't really care Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you know, I could get eaten here and then the race would be over. So that would be okay. It becomes very primal. Like you, you think mm-hmm. back, like how did man live in a cave? Cause, cause man was super exhausted and didn't care. They, <laughs> they, they yeah. bonked into the cave. And right. So, yeah. Well, that's, I don't know if, if you ever got this advice. This was told to me by someone who came in fourth at Tour de Jean is that, before a 20-minute nap, drink – they call them Red Bull naps or, you know, any caffeine. Drink some kind of caffeine right before you take a nap so that it hits right about the time that you wake up, like 15, no. 20 minutes. Oh. And that will really help you get going. Um, I did that a little bit in tour. Um, I was having so many other problems that it, it didn't matter. I do but the opposite. Yeah, I thought that was a huge – I, I do the dead opposite. So what really? I – yeah, I plan hours in advance – uh, to wean off caffeine like I won't slam a Red Bull or chew like caffeine gum like for two mm-hmm. hours and I'll actually hit going into a planned sleep stop of like two hours ish I will actually take a recovery drink as I'm kind of going into it because I know recovery is a hammer product it will actually make you tired so okay. I'm 
I'm I do the dead opposite and I plan that Red Bull for the second I get up because it's going to take you 20 minutes if you're like really sound asleep and need to like change mm-hmm. clothes and socks but we can go into that later but yeah for Moab 240 I would plan at least an hour minimum for the 120 mile mark and like the 100 I want to say 200 mile mark so okay that's just I would get two hours minimum, even if I was leading the race, like you might be. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Okay. Um, but that's that's great. That's super helpful. It's dangerous if you get less than two hours. I know David Goggins said, I'm not sleeping, and Sean Nakamura is able to do it, but maybe Mike McKnight. I, no, I don't Mike think, McKnight sleeps. I, does he? I, I don't know. Yeah, I, okay. I listen to saying he sleeps... Every single night he sleeps like an hour. Yeah. And because wow. he does that, he can move so fast. But like even the first night he sleeps. All I know is seven minute naps for me personally is like the reset clock. I know for Courtney, it's like two minutes or something like that. But right. Yeah, I'll, I'll be interested to see what hallucinations you see in the LaSalle's. It's kind of a common bond after... You finish all right, this race. I'll let you know. We all joke about what hallucin- hallucinations we saw in the LaSalle's. Yeah. Uh, I was going to ask yeah. more questions. Um, yeah, because I was seen on the Triple Crown. Just You were just saying, so it's a great segue. I know you were swapping socks, and obviously you're going from like colder clothes to warmer clothes and things do you swap shoes as well do you change like after a nap like what sort of your clothing so i what's your fashion style while you run i change socks as much as possible it's worth the like Mm -hmm. i've gotten toe socks down to like 30 seconds and i put foot lube on toe socks and i recommend a quick baby wipe on the foot get Mm -hmm. all that dust off Baby wipes are readily available at my house, so I got a good Excellent. deal on them. I buy them in bulk. <laughs> um, but yeah, baby wipe, change the socks, and yeah, you got to put foot lube on, in my opinion. Whatever one you choose. I use Squirrel's Nut Butter. I don't care what foot lube you use, but I mm-hmm. really think it makes a difference. And then the exoskin, the toe socks are like thin breathable and they've really worked for me through four 200 mile races so uh and then shoes are very strategic i will Mm -hmm. like it depends on what 200 miler it is but for moab 240 i'd recommend maybe a shoe change at mile 75 and at 200 because there's no okay like streams or anything like your feet aren't going to be wet it's just more of accumulated like dust that just builds up and then a calf sleeve is i i think it's a big advantage but i like to keep that separate from the sock okay yeah Alyssa, what do you think um i definitely am a fan of changing shoes i actually my first hundred miler switched between two sizes um, oh, wow. That's a good which point. I went nine and nine and a half because I needed, as my feet started as well, I went to the bigger one, but then it was in Hawaii and there was so much friction. I went to the smaller one to make them feel 
more compact. So mm-hmm. like even a shoe, if you have half a size bigger as your feet start to swell more, um, that made a big difference. And yeah, I think just letting your feet breathe a little bit, but I'm also an exoskin user That's... and game changer on, I don't have problems really with blisters yeah, at we'll, all. Allison, we'll reach out to Croy and hook you up with some socks, some toe, some yeah, toe socks, would, right? Toe socks, I no toe socks. I toe socks, yeah, towards <laughs> the end of my, my longest run to date, I think I was probably like a hundred and... 15 miles in or something and all I was thinking like if my toes were in their own cages right now and not touching <laughs> each other it would be amazing they're biting each other I don't want other. them to be yeah. touching each other yeah. yeah they're like it was it was the worst so I definitely want to try some good toe socks I've tried some before but I didn't love them so I definitely want to try a new brand because I thought there was only one brand that made them and I was so bummed these, so I'm like, wow. these are thinner. At, at first, you'll be like, "Oh, these are too thin. They don't have any cushioning." I like, thought, yeah. But then, and that's initially what I thought. I was like, "Oh man!" Like I, I really thought these would be great. And then, you know, I ran Moab 240 in them and didn't get any blisters. So there's technology behind it that works really right. well. And yeah, sweet. Yeah, test them out first, also, though, obviously. But yeah. my only yeah, other comment sure. is they're not going to stink afterwards, which yeah. There's no other sock on the market that <laughs> you throw your old socks in your drop bag, and then after a 240-mile race, they don't smell. That's pretty great. I will also say that I was not a big toe sock person. I'm sorry, Rob. Um, until the marathons, when I started, I was wearing some normal socks just here and there and started mm-hmm. getting blisters in between my toes, and I was like... Those Again, I wanted my toes to have their own space, too. I'm with you. Right? And then I switched to the toe socks. And the reason why I didn't do the toe socks before is I was like, ain't nobody got time for this. Like, I'm not spending <laughs> as much time putting on these socks. It gets better. It gets easier. Um, and it is worth a slight more bit of energy, especially if you prepare yeah. them the night before. Um, okay. Yeah, just yeah. make sure they're the right size. That's the only... Yeah, other comment like mm-hmm. they shouldn't feel like so much of a struggle to get in but then again they shouldn't go on too easily super so. easy. yeah 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 cool uh next question am i just asking all all the questions and then you're gonna ask me all the questions later these are great no no okay no no, no. Um, okay well we and then co-host yeah, we want to on some questions but <laughs> yeah no co- co-host of the rescue on the shoe size recommendation like yeah you, at mile 75 have those like i wear a nine and a half normally have the nine mm-hmm. and a half ready in the 10 like just in case kind of worst case scenario so that you don't have to cut the toe box off your shoe which right. i've seen done before yeah. oh oh my god that sounds horrible yeah salt I mean, tablet yay or nay that's my next question what was it i'm sorry salt tablets salt, salt tablets Yay or nay, or like, and maybe Alyssa, this is probably a question that you would answer or be able to answer more potentially, because I did them on my long FKT, but like not nearly enough, like three over 47 hours. I basically did not take any salt tablets. It was, I was like, clearly the moral of this podcast is going to be Allison doesn't know what the heck she's doing (laughs) in any situation. Um, So then I started 
you know, reading the label, like you should take it every hour, uh, which is clearly not what I was doing. But then I went and tried to do another FKT that I ended up calling at 41 miles because I was like, this is not happening and not a good day. And I've never bonked so hard. And I feel like I did too many salt tablets. So then I'm just Mm -hmm. curious, Alyssa, especially like first people on the smaller size of the spectrum, like do you take less? How often do you take them? Yeah, so um, I'm also weird because I don't have a colon, too. So that so that's right. a dynamic that luckily you're not dealing with. Um, so when I first started, I did do salt tablets. Um, I, I've heard some really bad stories about overdoing it. Um, mm-hmm. And so I tend, after that, I kind of shied away from it. Um, mm-hmm. I honestly tend to just eat salty foods. Um, I do take electrolytes with me, uh, not salt tabs, um, but I'm bringing like gluten-free salty pretzels or salted mm-hmm. potatoes are awesome. That's a good point. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I salt just and pepper love kettle salt. Chips? So yes. Oh, I number one. <laughs> yep. Are, are they sweet potato or not? No sweet. Not pot- sweet potato. Oh. Salt and pepper kettle chip brand. Yes. <laughs> Is should be my sponsor because I ate <laughs> my body weight in them. <laughs> I honestly after, after um, one of the days of Dragon's Back, I ate four bags of uh, <laughs> they called them Chris and the, the medical right. looked at me and was like, "I think guess you really needed that." And I was like, "Yeah, I think so." Yep. Like, every um. time, almost every time I check out at Trader Joe's because I've bought like. 20 boxes of vegan patties every time the cashier says to me oh are you having a barbecue and at this point i just go yeah yeah i am i'm not gonna own up to the fact like no i plan on eating all of these (laughs) whole family yep Yep. yeah yep Yep. everybody's coming over these are definitely not just for me for one week nope not at all i mean so my only comment on electrolytes is i ingest like vast majority of mine through liquid so i'll have a water Mm -hmm. bottle and i'll throw in fizz which is like a hammer product it's like Mm -hmm. an equivalent to noon and so i highly recommend using some kind of alternative so you can sip on it and your body can kind of register Mm -hmm. it over a period of time so sip on it every 10 15 minutes just to kind of get a gauge of is your body actually wanting that or not and then, oh, that's smart. And then you yeah. have to look at pee color. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's harder for females, but you got to analyze <laughs> the color of your pee to balance out whether you need more water or more electrolytes. Because otherwise it gets very dangerous if you go mm-hmm. way one way or the other. So right. it, I and personally, if I'm peeing clear, like that's when I'm like, oh, crap, like I need two salt tablets right now or pills and right i'll take those and then i'll have like a handful of chips or something salty because otherwise you're Mm -hmm. just peeing out all your electrolytes and then if it's super dark it just depends on the situation it gets it right it's it's a hard balancing act so that i mean it sounds like hydration is going to make or break your moab 240 so i'd really really study it and i would really practice it and i'd recommend 
Trail Runner Nations episode with the founder of SCAPS. Okay. Which goes goes against everything you'd expect me to say, but that's how I learned hydration. It's a really, really good oh, episode. Yeah, Scott and Don did an They're awesome great. job. And yeah, I, I highly recommend that episode. And I should in, invite maybe Brian Frank on to just talk hydration and hydration only. But Yeah, no, that would be that would be great because the reason that I ended up buying salt tablets later and taking them on some longer runs is on my long FKT that I did. I feel like I was peeing like every 30 minutes, which in my normal life, I'm a very hydrated person. So like every 45 minutes to an hour is pretty normal for me. But I was like, not when I'm running. So I feel like I did too much hydration and not enough salt. And now I feel like on my other run, I went too far into the salt and electrolyte category so it's definitely like listening to that episode i think is a great idea because i have like i need to find that middle line now i've done it's a balance too far one way and too far the other i need to find the goldilocks zone of hydration it's a balance so you need to pay attention if you haven't peed in a long time Mm -hmm. that's a big red flag so if it's been like two hours like just think to yourself like am i taking enough sodium because your kidneys can't process water without some and and go through kind mm-hmm. of step-by-step yeah. process there so that's too much I on p talk <laughs> oh you're gonna <laughs> yeah, add so gonna much add. oh yeah i am gonna add um so i will say though uh at the end of my hundred mile my first hundred miler it was um hurt i was peeing every 15 minutes and they were radioing back like my pacers were radioing back being like, is this okay? You know, should she mm-hmm. see medical? And um, one of the race director's wives, who's done like an unbelievable amount of ultras, like super, super well seasoned, um, mm-hmm. said that the same thing happens to her. It's just sometimes towards the end, you know, your your body is um, shutting down to its most vital <laughs> systems, and right, whether that, it's peen or yeah, elsewise, yeah, exactly yeah. Right. that became one of the systems my body was like not important um so if that does happen to you i mean again you have to really really look at your hydration and clearly you've Mm -hmm. done some incredible things so you you're not a newbie at this like i i wouldn't um put away or discard all all the information you've already learned from your experiences but if something like that does happen to you um, you could just be one of the lucky people like myself and this race director who just are become like a pregnant person. You, yeah, you race. just get really good at peeing super fast on I, the side of the trail. Oh, I didn't, go, I didn't go to the side. I just went in the middle and some hikers came up and on, my pacer was like, she's marking your territory. I'm sorry. And they don't, just laughed. And <laughs> don't, don't go in That's the middle. Amazing. Don't, don't, don't be that person. Don't go in the middle. I'm not, if, I'm if not you can be that person. If you can handle getting to the side sometimes it just happens in the middle yeah that was the time i did get to the middle but i i couldn't at that point but please do that's a good point rob bury it i promise <laughs> i promise i will go to the side and or bury it and all of the things i promise we don't we don't want to get the rds in trouble seriously right um, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. um you kind of covered some of my other questions already but i was gonna ask things that you wish that you had 
either with you on the trail or even just back, you know, with a crew vehicle, but you didn't. Yeah. And then also some of the changes that you made, whether, you know, oh, I never used this or I never ate this or I wish I had had that thing from 2018 to 2019. It sounds like you slept more in 2019 was one change. Stark difference. Um, uh, Don't put all your nutrition in one bag. (laughs) Oh my gosh, I totally remember that because I went to my partner and I was like, you're never going to believe it. The worst thing just happened to this runner. (laughs) He has no food. For like, I think it was like Uh, 20 miles. Um, I can't even imagine. It's just where it hit and just expectations. You know, you you eat like a handful of potato chips, not thinking about it. No big deal. Mm -hmm. But then when you're like, oh, I have nothing. I just ate a handful of potato chips at that last stop Mm -hmm. so it's pretty easy diversify where you're keeping your food so don't Mm -hmm. keep everything in one giant bag to at least have two bags to separate those two uh because once you get hiking poles in and out of your your pack if you're doing it that way like which actually i I don't recommend i think you should just keep them outside and and hold on to them i agree okay and yeah that's good to know if you lay down for a nap uh, mm-hmm. point them in the direction you're supposed to go. So don't don't oh, just like smart. lay down oh, because yeah. when you get up, it's very disorienting. And I've, at Tahoe 200, I started running back the other direction. Um, so were you pointing the pointy end towards where you're supposed to go? I just so, like, made like a, like a, like a, a upside down V, like a arrow towards where I was supposed to oh. be running. And I was too disoriented the first time to even do that. And luckily, someone was coming the other direction. Uh, I only ran half a mile the wrong way. Mm -hmm. But uh, so the only major thing at at Moab 240, I would say, as long as your clothing's on point for the section you're going up against, and that's dependent on the time of day. Um, I would say having water is the only thing that I've consistently, you know, not had when I really needed it. Especially. Yeah, do you not run with a bladder? Do you no, just have the no. hand bottle? Yeah, I just keep two smaller bottles up front. Uh, it, it has to do with when I first started running, I put a bladder in, I had shin splints, and I just, I think it's just a mental thing. For me, okay. it's like center. Center of balance. Oh, that's and so interesting. I could like never. N- I love running with my bladder. That's oh. so. So water though so during certain sections, just know. Okay, I'm hitting like a twenty mile segment here with no water mm-hmm. stops, and you can't use a bottle really anywhere at Moab, for the most part. Um, mm-hmm. Just know when you're hitting the long sections and drink like half a bottle at the aid station before you leave so you're carrying extra water in you and then have Mm -hmm. a full bladder because i hit sections where it was like me and this little snake on a trail and (laughs) it was getting desperate (laughs) oh man i was just like Okay. okay here's my last swig i hope i don't pass out and i had i decided just to hammer the last three miles into porcupine rim because i was like I don't know what else to do. It's like, it feels like it's a hundred degrees. I have no water. 
And three right. mile, three miles when you run out of water is like so long. You're talking like yeah, hour and a half forever. potential. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. I agree. I would add two things, and again, I haven't done Moab, um, mm-hmm. but it Rob, it does have some altitude, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It definitely. Yeah. Does. It, um, it hurts so, a lot of people. Yeah. Um, for tour something especially if you have big fluctuations in in temperature um Mm -hmm. having a buff is really nice because you can pull it over your nose and warm the air um and also throat throat lozenges uh, are super awesome so those two things were things i should have utilized more in tour um and didn't and hurt myself because of it but hugely helpful uh, especially if you're dealing with altitude I, I couldn't agree more with that. Like, always have one around your wrist for the most part because you can always stash ice yeah. in it. Um, and especially when it gets dusty, you can put it over your face. Yeah. And mm-hmm. now we're in COVID times, which is super weird to even have to say. But, yeah, you have it for right. that. Also, something I've done is that when my crew met me at night or before I was sleeping, I brushed my teeth. That oh, feels yeah. so nice just to have a little bit of a refresher. Um yeah. I got obsessed with brushing my teeth because I was also drinking so much lemonade, like ginger lemonade. And then I ended up drinking so much lemonade. I got ulcers on my tongue. Oh, no. So it was fine. It was only towards like right at the end. So it didn't really affect anything. But uh, my crew was joking. They're like, I've never seen a a runner so obsessed with oral hygiene. I was like... (laughs) This is all I've got. I'm living for brushing my teeth right now. I guess bad towards the end. I love that. Yeah. I call it like the fuzzy mouth where it's like, oh, I'm growing something in there. I I use um, this Apollo energy gum and it has, I I don't know if it's what it is, but it makes your mouth feel clean. So have like that little trick or two. But then, I mean, last comment would just be, like, chapstick, I think is what I was going to say. Yeah. Like, don't underestimate just having to be weird and, like, stick it in your nose. Because your nose, Mm -hmm. I've never done Moab 240 without, like, a massive nosebleed. So, the the dry dust is going to get to it. And, Mm -hmm. yeah, just get comfortable putting (laughs) chapstick up your nose. I don't know. There are so many mu- weirder things we do than that. <laughs> that's I was gonna say that's totally fair and definitely like running in LA and Southern California. Like pretty much every long run, I come back with a nosebleed. Yeah. So yeah, totally feel you on that. Um, let's let's do one or one or two more here. Okay, I only have two more. So how perfect is that? Awesome. Perfect. Uh, this is fun. W- yeah. Talking oh, about, good. Talking about hydration and chapstick up the nose. I mean, perfect. Doesn't get much better. <laughs> peeing on the side of the trail, not in the middle. Side of the Alyssa, trail. that was a big so ding many... on you. Peeing in the middle of the trail. <laughs> I honestly <laughs> couldn't. I could not. I couldn't do couldn't anything do about it. it. The rest of the time, I did. It I'm, was that one time. I'm totally messing with you. All right. Yeah. I feel yeah. really I bad. Have, <laughs> I have on the trails that I run a lot. I have like my favorite little pee spots that I know like, oh, like there's a little corner and no one's going to see me. Uh, So, yeah. Uh, My last two questions 
uh, we'll go with the easier one first, potentially. I know you're saying, you know, making sure you're charging stuff as soon as you come into the aid stop. Do you ever run, you know, besides with like the battery pack for the Kogala light, do you ever run with a battery pack that's also charging something while you're going? How do you if you're manage good, If you're good, that? no. If you're like on top of it, like first mm-hmm. time you're in there, you should be able to charge it. But yeah, as a backup, okay. having maybe like the smallest battery is not a horrible idea because first of all, if okay. you're, I, I always run with a medium sized Kogala on my waist belt, which mm-hmm. I, t- I'm like the only person apparently, but I'm like, guys, I got multiple medium batteries in every pack. So as long as you're not running mm. that at the highest light level, right? you're good. But, um, mm-hmm. Yeah, the the founder and a lot of the other other Kogala related guys that are all sponsored mm-hmm. are like just use the big battery. I'm like, no, I'm trying to be like economic with weight. Um, but yeah, yeah that if, makes sense. If you need it, like those lipstick type battery chargers can be a, a savior as like a backup. And okay. Yeah, I I've used those to charge my watch maybe once or twice, but. In my crew, like, notes, which maybe I'll send you, um, I think the very first line is, like, always be charging. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Love it. <laughs> so it's like, guys, it, I got to the point where I just, like, used the same notes for the past, mm-hmm. like, three crewable uh, 200s. Just always yeah. be charging. Like, first thing when I walk in is, like, what's my food order? And start charging shit. Like, we got to start charging everything. Yeah. So, and yeah. aid stations, slow it down. These are not your typical aid stations. So, you typically, your first one at Moab 240, you'll basically run through. Just fill up your water bottle or grab a handful of chips or whatever for that climb. Mm-hmm. Second one, slow the F down. Like, get prepared because it's mile 20 and your next crewable stop is like mile 75 so you're wow okay going out for a 50 miler plus okay and so slow down take your time through these aid stations like i want to say mile 35 during 2019 Mm -hmm. i stopped i think i ate two hot dogs um which is just like unheard of like rob you've been running for 35 miles why are you sitting down and having hot dogs but you need like a super amount of calories at each stop because yeah 20 miles between aid stations doesn't seem much on paper like oh 20 miles i can do that in three hours but when it's the heat of the day you have no cover Mm -hmm. you're on your Mm -hmm. own out there like (laughs) it's totally it's totally different so slow down i would say almost even if you're going to win this race take five minutes at each aid station as weird as that Mm -hmm. sounds no it doesn't sound weird at all because the the fkt that i dnf'd or just didn't submit didn't even finish it my splits at places where i was stopping was two minutes three minutes five minutes and i think that's when my body was like yeah no we're not gonna run for nine hours straight and never lower our heart rate and do all of these climbs like that was the biggest lesson i learned that day is exactly what you're saying like taking five or ten minutes now to just like 
catch my breath, I can make that time up later, which does sort of seem counterintuitive. Oh, you can make it up so hard easily to learn. But yeah, it's like that was the biggest. I mean, I thing Moab that I learned two, that day. Moab two forty in nineteen. I I think I was top twenty. I had done Bigfoot in Tahoe just the month prior and the month prior to that. Mm-hmm. So. If you're smart about this, I mean, I would recommend holding back until mile 165. Mm-hmm. Like, that's when, after that climb in the LaSalle's, coming out of mm-hmm. the LaSalle's is when the race starts. As weird as that sounds, it's like, hold back, hold back some more. How can I mm-hmm. convince myself to slow down and hold back? So, right. get bored. <laughs> get bored and just meditate in the middle of the desert for like two days before you start racing yeah awesome it's hard yeah i will quickly say on the battery pack um mm-hmm. same thing with rob though like number one thing when i had crew um they were grabbing my stuff to charge and that did get mm-hmm. it pretty well done uh before we headed out again but okay. i have brought I do generally have like a small lipstick size charger um, just because you never know. Like I've had headlamps die on me for no apparent reason. Um, it just right. things happen um, or your phone's dying and you're like, it's three o'clock in the morning and you're miserable and all you want to do is listen to a podcast. So um, I don't think it's super harmful to carry a small um, battery pack. It's worth just it. yeah. Also, yeah, I think it's yeah. a smart idea. I mean, the um, weight versus being in the dark ratio. Yeah, yeah. right. Or safety right. of like using your phone. Um, and yep. right. agreed, agreed totally on rushing through aid stations. I was trying to be a smart ass on a 100K once and was literally handing off a pack, grabbing a pack from my crew, and that completely backfired. I was moving so fast that I never, never had time to um, just collect myself and ended up having a really rough time until my pacer yelled at me like 40 miles in was just like, slow down. You're panicking yourself. Um, so yeah. just even if it's just like take a second, take a breath, smile because you're there and it's awesome. <laughs> um, <laughs> highly recommend so that because my, yeah. my only you emphasis also lose track of nutrition too. My my only emphasis on this was 2018, it was like mile 30, and a dude comes in, he's like, what do you guys have? You got anything on the grill? And I'm like, I'm like stuffing my face at the aid station, like, dude, like, what are you talking about? We're at mile 30. And I'm thinking to myself, like, okay, buddy, like, I'm going to take off. I take off, like, 10 miles later, the dude who ordered the brat or hot dog at mile 30 just like zips past me and i just totally bonk um and it was a it was a disaster i mean as as is well documented between dropping all my (laughs) nutrition and everything else but so fast forward to 2019 i'm the guy asking what you have on the grill (laughs) (laughs) because like and they'll have vegan options, vegetarian options, mm-hmm. keto options, even maybe like they'll have everything. And Candace is very well thought out with all this stuff. That's what's made her races kind of famous. And so slow down and, and be that person that puts through the order, takes five minutes and then is passing every everyone that zipped through that aid station. Like it's going right. to happen. 
you just have to fuel for 240 miles throughout the whole race. Don't fuel for the mile you're at. That's super smart and very well said. I'm writing that down. I I'm love that. Like she's a, jingle. she's Don't a writer. Don't fuel for the mile you're at. Fuel for the mile you want to be at. Ooh, there it is. <laughs> Trademarked already. Sorry, <laughs> Pete. <laughs> you got one last one, Allison. I thought. I don't know. We're on yeah, a yeah. Well, tangent. I think it, I was going to ask, like, what's your race plan? But it, I feel like we've kind of covered that in the answers to all the other things. So I'll ask a, a more fun question on the subject of like, what's on the grill? For me, it was such a struggle thinking through like for my long FKT, which ended up being 137 miles, just like what am I going to want to eat? So what are your favorite meals, like meal nutrition, not just like, you know, the kettle chips, which I could obviously eat 27 bags of. Um, I'll, I'll start with race plan is like, be prepared to not have a race plan. Like you're going to have multiple catastrophes. It's just be prepared for, the unknowable like just get comfortable with being uncomfortable and you're gonna have yeah. just massive unforeseen errors that you make and it's more about like just being the mind frame of being a problem solving machine essentially and then gotcha. I, w- I would say with food for me it's I spend the first 75 miles to 100 miles trying to fuel as typical as possible so i run the first 100 miles like it's just a 100 miler in terms of fueling Mm -hmm. for the most part but just be prepared to listen to your body and if you're at that aid station and gummy worms are sticking out to you like you know eat them but then also be aware like okay so my body needs sugar immediately that means i'm calorie deficient so that means i need to Mm -hmm. be more on top of calorie ingestion and so like just be highly highly attuned to your body and what you're craving and not only what but then why and then problem solve right and i know you might have checked out that article on like think about yourself thinking what you're thinking about yeah 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 Yeah, that was great so like practice so the basics are like second nature so that you can actually reflect on second derivative thinking and then Mm -hmm. that will take care of problems in front of you as opposed to just solving what's behind you and Alyssa, what do you have um i was just thinking through i maybe i can rob you you've been vegan before right oh yeah okay many times i need to be right now but i'm not um, my wife's so gotten I, re- my, my wife's gotten really good at cooking, and it's making things difficult. <laughs> so I'm um, vegetarian and gluten free. Um, mm-hmm. So hopefully this can be helpful to you. But I before, uh, like the day before, I basically just like like a chef preparing um, all sorts of things that I think sound appealing to me, and then we just mm. kept like a cooler. Um, with it or if my crew could since you have a van like heating stuff up oh my gosh like mac Hot. and cheese oh, yeah. vegan mac and cheese yeah. or like oh, I really wanted a gluten free pizza day. so my pizzas yeah. yeah like found me a gluten free pizza at 10 o'clock in the morning in Italy which is 
freaking impossible. I don't know how they did that. Um, There's a restaurant the open are mad, at 10 a.m.? I I, Were they I still open shocked. from, like, the previous night? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, PB&J for me on gluten-free mm. bread. Um, like, oatmeal bites. Set, um, set, let's see. Set Go food ahead. goals. Food goals is something I do. So like, yeah. oh, that's a great idea. Like, you don't get your sour gummy bears until you hit mile two hundred. Like, you got to work oh for that if you really want that. Yeah. Kind of put the carrot out there so that you can work towards something that you really, oh really gosh. like. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Same like with music. Donuts at, at six a.m. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I had tacos yes, waiting so for me. I had a giant taco box at Tahoe two hundred, and I knew it was there. It was just a matter of like getting myself to the tacos, and then once I knew how many tacos were in the box, it was like just working. It's like training for tacos. It's like run to the next aid station so you can have three, and then run. Yeah. In, that was Tahoe two hundred. Just I running think getting for tacos. myself to the tacos. Getting myself to the tacos has got to be the title of your next book. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's fantastic! <laughs> I will say though. That personally, I'm very bad at feeling like I'll sit there mm-hmm. and start crying into a, a thing of mac and cheese because people are trying to make me eat it. Um, yep. But I feel you, like. have, you have to listen to your crew too, especially mm-hmm. if they've crewed you for other events. Um, they do have a perception on the race that you might not have, yeah. and they mm. do know what you need um, when you aren't really cognizant enough to understand it so if they're telling you to do something it's a either because you told them to tell you that before the race um, and they're doing <laughs> which what is they said which they would is do. okay but it's not ideal honestly because it's not dynamic yeah it's not but it's also like hey i'm really bad at eating i'm probably gonna cry yeah. and throw a little temper tantrum but i still need to eat because i'm throwing a temper tantrum because i didn't eat because I didn't eat. If you're, yeah. if you're crying into a bowl of mac and cheese, I, I'll, be, I'll be honest, like, you probably messed up your electrolytes. Um, oh, 100%. And that's why it's so painful or, or that's why you don't feel like eating because there's not enough blood flow to your stomach uh, to digest it. And your body knows that. And that's why you're, like, repulsed at food. So hydration's base level. Then it works into nutrition and so on. But Yeah. And um, also not going out too hard because I'm the queen of going out oh, like a crazy Alyssa, person and then I can't I, eat. It's yep, easy. I feel like, oh, Alyssa, you and I need to have a whole sidebar conversation on like uh, and the nutrition. Over here, like, oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I should send you. Like, I finished four 200 milers and we're yeah. like, oh, we're psychos. And also, Allison, seriously, if you have any more questions, like, or just want to commiserate about making stupid decisions, I'm happy to. (laughs) (laughs) Because I'm there. Yeah, I'm going to have to send you this great meme of, like, the two Spider-Mans, you know, pointing at each other, finding Ah. each other the cartoon. And one of them says, like, nausea from not eating, and then, like, not eating because I'm nauseous. And I saw this meme, I was like... Oh damn it! This is my life. This is my whole life in one meme. It's amazing. So, You'll love it. I, please, please send it to me. I can see you guys. I can see Allison pacing you, Alyssa, at some point. Maybe Moab oh, two forty. Oh. 
2021. Because she's in California heard, coming up. I was going to say, you're going to be in California. Where are you going to be in California? We will be in Monterey. So. Okay. Not super close, but come not up super close. Time. I was hoping I you were going to be down in San Diego at Pendleton. Yeah. I was like, that's super close. Only like two hours. Yeah, but no. you can come up and we can go on running trips in like Yosemite and all of that. Yes, or we can perfect. Too. Yeah, or California and Tame 330. You guys can bring yourselves, your Rob, significant others, and just point and laugh most of the time. <laughs> yeah, we should definitely, <laughs> definitely do it. There's a whole, um, like, around the entirety of Yosemite FKT, like a 100K Whoa. that I really want to figure out and do. I yes. would be more than happy to help you. Cody, my, my husband's a big climber. Um, oh my gosh, I- my partner's a climber too. All right, we're meeting up in Yosemite. We're going running there, going climbing. Done. This is my dream come true because then I don't have to belay. <laughs> Listen, we're already best friends, Alyssa. It's fine. Let's do it. I love that. Yeah. In the we meantime, well if we drive. <laughs> I'll be running California on And we'll be like, oh, sorry, Rob. Sorry. We're busy. <laughs> Climbing trip. Oh, man. Um, that's great. This has answered all my questions and solved all of my problems, including the fact that I don't want to belay my partner because. Here's the it's thing. Like, if you're climbing, if you're belaying someone, you have to be talking. When you're running, you don't have to be talking. And that's the number one reason I prefer running to climbing because you don't have to talk. That's totally true. And also it's like, oh, doesn't it sound fun to stand at a wall for six hours while I watch your butt go up and down a, a rock face? Nope. No, nope, it, it doesn't. Because I would rather be running around it. That sounds way yeah. more fun. Or like, oh, yeah. let's go up this super steep technical part where we could possibly die. Or look, there's a trail over there that could be so super guys, fun. And I you can guys run it. up right. and yep. then the guys climb. Yeah, race to the Perfect. top. Exactly. Awesome. I am 100% down. Yes, I love this. That's why I'm here, guys. If in the future anyone <laughs> is having issues where one of the couple enjoys <laughs> climbing versus running, I am essentially <laughs> a trail running matchmaker um yes okay well matt was also a trail running matchmaker to get us hooked up he he messaged me he's like hey did you ever connect with rob and i said oh yeah we've literally been texting all day it's fine <laughs> which is a perfect segue thank you um oh we were talking about film ideas because you have a lot of very good ideas and i'm like just highly interested in filmmaking. I, I think it's an art form that bodes well for the visual thinker, which is like, Hey, that's me. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I've toyed around with it. It's been basically a year since I've put together a film. And so I'm kind of hoping to I put one together here soon. Yeah. I wouldn't say that you've toyed around with it. Like you were telling me, you know, you did so much work on, running the triple crown and teamed up with other filmmakers. But like, that's a huge feat. Cause you know, I had my friend Tiffany wanted to film my FKT. Well, okay. My partner Preston was like, you've got to film it. And I was, and I said, no, absolutely not. Like, I know how hard it is to produce a film. I need to be focused on running. Like I'm not 
there's no way I'm doing both. That's craziness. And here you are, Rob, like, yeah, I'll do both. It's fine. Run 240 miles, make a television show, whatever. Yeah. It was a lot. It's to the point where I'm like, I do my next film. If it's about my own running, I'm no, I'm out. (laughs) Yeah. It's like self conversation. Yeah. I mean, it's when you are in those low moments and Brian Clinton and I have talked about this a lot. It's like, Mm-hmm. That's not when you want to film yourself. And unfortunately, it's the opposite for the viewer. That's the That's point right. where they actually yeah. want to watch. So right. to train yourself, like I literally, I think I trained myself to have that reverse psychology of like, it, and it kind of peaked out at Tahoe 200 where I fell in like first instinct, mm-hmm. grab the GoPro. <laughs> like I, I literally, I thought I might have broke my wrist. Like it was, it was a oh pretty bad gosh. fall. And before I even assessed myself, I had my GoPro, and I was just kind of like walking through what had just happened. Wow! And yeah. same, I, same thing going hypothermic. It's like, ugh. can I ask you a question though, Rob? Sorry, I'm like, do you think that because you were filming, you were able to almost put a third person perspective on? your suffering which made it not as bad it wasn't it wasn't the filming that made it might have done that mm-hmm. it was the uh charity aspect like so okay. like having in the back of my head this little seven-year-old girl that didn't do anything wrong battling cancer and chemotherapy and and you know yeah talking to her mom every day at work about how she's doing it was just like wow like I have complete perspective on on where mm-hmm. this falls, and so right. that that was the real benefit. But filming, I don't know it. It was okay. I never knew what would end up making the final cut or not. I mean, half the time I'm like, I'm not even things. sure if I hit record correctly. <laughs> I was going, I was doing out and back sections, so I'd set up the camera, like hit record, run out run back grab the grab it run the same section again which mentally is very very hard to do during Mm -hmm. uh, i can't believe you did that during a race yeah yeah so there's a lot but i mean it's weird because i decided 2019 is like not running about me it's just trying to pay it forward and inspire other people Mm -hmm. so enough on that Come on, guys. This is a downward spiral conversation. I want to hear about... Just all back on you, Rob. All back on you. I want to hear about this L.A. film producer that we're talking to that also is an okay actor, writer. Um, Allison, I want to hear about when you took on everything yourself for your most recent film. Oh, boy. Having the confidence to write... Than like doing casting, but no, like you're the lead character, and it's an edgy film too. It's like I actually was I was watching it with my five year old, and I had to hit pause. Oh, um, <laughs> why? Oh, so no, no. We, we we got through the first we got through the first two minutes. I knew it was going to be edgy. He was he was like playing a video game on yeah. a tablet. Like it was all good. Um, but yeah, I, I quickly hit pause. (laughs) Walk, walk me through when you did all of this. I want to hear more about it because the film, 
it's as professional as they get. Thanks. Um, I mean, it really, it really kind of started in that I had started to get a little more into the filmmaking side of filmmaking. You know, I grew up acting and always loved performing and moved out to LA to do that. And then got involved, just sort of like slowly fell backwards into film producing. And so I knew that that was something that I enjoyed doing. And I also enjoyed acting. And when you're the producer, you can cast yourself in any role that you want to play. And I really started in talking to this uh, little girl I was nannying for. And she was asking me all these questions about like, who had I ever dated? And did I have a boyfriend and all of these things? And it just made me think, you know, what's really hilarious my dating life or lack thereof. It's hysterical. I should make a movie about that, which is really what kicked me off to write the script. And then when I sent it out to friends for feedback, all the responses that I got back, almost, I'm going to say 99.9% of them from both men and women were, this is exactly like me in high school. And I said, oh, I've hit something. Like, this is something that a lot of people are relating to. And clearly then this is a story that needs to be told. So I figured out how to fundraise. I've raised our full budget and got people together and went out and filmed in New Mexico. And directing really came from just not clicking with the right director and eventually just having to trust myself, even though I never directed anything. The first thing I directed was a feature, which is pretty nuts, but just having to say like, okay, here we go. Would you, um, would you like say cut as you're acting like in the scene? Um, Cause I know you, you did no. it relatively quickly, like two weeks, yeah, three weeks yeah, we or shot something. It in- Yeah, we shot it in 15 days, 15 days, which was pretty rough. Uh, We would take one day off per week, which so we were working six day weeks. Usually, like for me, I'd say I was probably sleeping six hours a night at the start. And then it quickly got down to like four hours a night. So I always joke with people that filmmaking is a great way to train for ultra running sleep deprivation. I was thinking the opposite, but yeah, that's it's the same like, okay, I guess like we're just not sleeping for a while. That's fine. Um, I wouldn't normally call action or cut my producer, Lauren, who would be watching the monitor because I can't watch the monitor while I'm on screen performing. She would usually call. Uh, action or cut um, or our first AD would and then when we got to the point where it was like we're sort of running out of days and hours to get this done in I would usually trust them like I'd have a conversation with them of saying this is what we need out of this scene and if they said we got it I said okay and I trusted them and and we would move on to the next setup or the next scene and if I wanted to watch playback I would But I would very rarely say, yeah, we need to do another take. There's a lot of scenes that we shot two takes only. And then we just had to move on. Like, we just didn't have time for anything else. I would would never Um, have guessed that. I mean, it looked like 
from you know my naive perspective on on filmmaking like all the angles were ideal and it looked like you got five five different angles on each shot <laughs> and and had uh, a budget maybe five times what what it was oh wow yeah thank you yeah a lot of that comes uh from my dp josh and just really trusting him he was somebody that i'd known about five years at that point i want to say and had hired him to work on some other projects so it was great to just have somebody that you have a shorthand with um and he's super talented so you so know, when you wrote this, when, when you wrote it and you had people reading it, how much of how you visualized the film showed up in the end product? Were you at the end like, yes, this is capturing what I had in, you know, envisioned or was it off by a material amount? That's such a great question. I would say like 50 percent is probably what I envisioned when I was writing it. But the other 40% of that 50 or 45% even is just things that changed based on the locations we had in New Mexico. So when we were there filming, I was like, oh, this is different. We can shoot this differently. Like the setup of the biology classroom is not how I envisioned it writing it. I always envisioned that in very classic like school yeah. desk. Yeah. So we had the opportunity to film in this really neat science classroom with all of this real science equipment and biology equipment. So why not take advantage of that? It just required then working with Josh to say, okay, well, everybody's sitting this way. You know, what are the angles that we need to capture this scene in a totally different environment than what I envisioned, but not in a bad way, just in a totally different way. I, I thought it was done intentionally. That's interesting. It's really interesting. And so, nope. <laughs> I mean, tell me about, I mean, I got a million questions, but like you, you're hiring of, or casting at least of actors. It sounds like some of the, the lead characters were kind of like last minute. Yeah, there's definitely a, a good story there. Most of the actors we hired and had them on board probably at least two weeks out. Cause also we were filming in New Mexico. So some people had to travel from New York or from LA and we hired um, Jordan. The lead guy was local. He lived in El Paso um, and took time out of high school to come and film with us. He was 18. I will just say he was 18 <laughs> while we were filming. Let me just say that for the record. It's that kind um, of high school movie. It's okay. Uh, yeah. So that was all, all fine. And the lead character's best friend, we had someone in mind that we really wanted to cast and his manager just wouldn't let him come and film with us because he was saying it's pilot season. He's going to have all these auditions. And I was telling my producer, Lauren, I said, no, he's not like, like no offense to him. He's very talented clearly because I want to hire him to be in my movie, but he's just graduated college pilot season's not a thing anymore. Like, this manager doesn't understand what's going on. We're offering him the lead in a movie and he's not letting his client take it. I think that's the wrong choice. So it ended up being that we needed to hire a new actor. I found out Thursday night we were supposed to film starting Monday morning. So I literally got on Facebook and was like, 
scrolling through my friends going, who looks like they're in high school? <laughs> who can I reach out to to see if they'll audition? We found two people. They uh, did a FaceTime audition with my producer in New Mexico. She was the one who reached out to me and she said, we love this guy, George, who was good friends with my younger sister, but I'd never met him. I said, I want to call him. So I called George. This is Friday afternoon at 4.30 p.m. And I said, you have the part. I'm driving to New Mexico tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. If you want to come with me. Also, if you need like a day to think about your life and pack some clothes or whatever, we can happily buy you a ticket to fly to New Mexico on Sunday because uh, you're filming starting Monday morning. And he said, oh, no, I love driving. I'll definitely just drive out with you tomorrow. That's totally fine. You know, like 14 hours from now, he's ready to start driving the car with me. And I said, in all my Slytherin goodness, I said, oh, you love driving? Do you want to drive to New Mexico? Because I hate driving. You know what's... So I literally meet this guy for the first time ever in my life is when he picked me up at my apartment to drive 12 hours with me. To New Mexico. Did you make him buy gas, and too? <laughs> no! Oh, my gosh. Of, co- of course not. I bought gas the whole way there, the whole way back. But it also, I think, really helped serve the film in the end because we bonded so much. In those 12 hours, we became best friends. And he kind of appointed me or appointed himself as, like, my caretaker on set. He was always asking me, like, how I was doing and if I need anything. He's just the sweetest human being. It was, like... A miracle that we found him and cast him. But your, your guys' dynamic just... is that movie. I mean, sad to say, oh, like thank you. I love the writing and everything. But if you cast someone else, it might not be the same movie. Like it's it totally wouldn't be. Yeah, and yeah. it's just one of those things that like worked out perfectly. No kidding, just meant to be. Um, so, only other few questions. So, how Go did you it. come up with the name? Do you ever, do you, do you ever, do you ever just like pick a middle of the ground type film to work on? Like you're into edgy, edgy material. Um, you're super talented too. Oh but, man, thank you. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I never. I. Hmm. Never thought about the name. The name literally came because somebody, I was telling someone, hey, I think I'm going to write this script and this is what it's going to be about. And they said, oh, that's cool. What's the title? And I said, "Mm, Banging Laney. I thought for like five seconds and decided that that was the title. And then I had a few people say, you know, like maybe not that title, maybe something a little less like edgy and in your face could be a good way to go. And, like, setting up a business bank account, I definitely was told, you know, like, some businesses are not allowed to bank here. And I was like, it's not a poor film, I promise. It's fine. <laughs> but I was, I was at... You had to set up a point. bank account? Bang, banging Laney, okay. like, LLC or something? Banging Laney, LLC. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's oh. registered the Secretary of State in California. You better believe it. Oh. See, this is why oh. I didn't stop at Marathon 69. I'm just going to do that. <laughs> oh, That's God. exactly right. That'd be bad. So, you... oh. so I was at a certain point, I was pretty open to changing the name and thinking about, you know, what are the other options? And then we ended up being kicked out of a location in New Mexico um, because of 
a few various reasons, but among them, we were sort of, again, accused of like making this really raunchy film and exposing high schoolers to pornography and all of these things, which are just not true. If you watch the film, like that's not the tone that we take on it. And because of that whole thing and just the reaction to the idea that, I don't know, like women might want to explore having sex at any point in their lives. When that all went down, I told my producer, Lauren, I said, we're 100% not changing the name ever. Like this, I've now decided this is the hill I'm dying on because if people are going to have this reaction just to the name, then of course I'm keeping the name. Like I'm not going to get scared away from it. So the name came just because I liked the sound of it. And then it turned into like a whole nother level of <laughs> nonsense. <laughs> That's hilarious. I, I, would, yeah. I wouldn't have guessed that you had to go through that uh, with the filming. I just didn't, I didn't connect <laughs> the dots because it's almost like a high school classic type movie. Um, mm-hmm. And just, I don't know if it's, it's just, edgy enough not to hit mainstream or or what's going on but tell me about like your other filmmaking endeavors you're you like going after uh i'm trying to think i really how to describe it sorry go ahead it's like action and like almost like spy novel and yeah i mean i made the first big project i made was a marvel a comics fan film, a Black Widow movie, because everybody wanted one and no one was making one. So I was like, oh, let's do that. Very naively, not thinking about how difficult it might be to film an action movie and learn a Russian accent and all of these things. I was just like, whatever, <laughs> we'll do it. It's fine. Uh, can you tell why I'm like, whatever, I'll sign up for Moab 240. It's fine. It's going to be fine. It's a lifestyle. Um, You'll figure it out as you go. Yeah. Figure it out. It's no big deal. It's fine. But mostly what I've started to be drawn towards are usually stories that are from like underrepresented voices and that I think the world will be a better place for them being out there. But they are sometimes pretty edgy. I produced a season two of a web series that's an abortion comedy, which is pretty edgy and not two words that are usually in the same sentence but do i think the world is a better place because we can normalize the conversation around abortion absolutely the project i just finished in july was written by a non-binary person about their experiences as coming out as non-binary so that one i don't think is edgy i'm sure there are certain Um, people and pockets of the country that would find that subject controversial or edgy. But to me, it's like, this is a story that needs to be told again, sort of normalizing this conversation. And is the world going to be a better place if this movie and this story is out there for people to see? That's kind of my barometer. So I've never thought about it, but you're right. They are sometimes on the edgier, edgier side of things. No, it's an interesting, like, collection, and it seems like you go after topics that you're personally passionate about. It seems to be kind of a key element. And Definitely. Like, it's it's just too hard to produce something. It's just too much work and too much effort that if you don't believe in it, like, just don't do it. Because it's just too, mu- it's just too hard. It's yeah. too exhausting. 
I'm, I'm trying to think of one or two last questions here. Alyssa, do you have any questions? Um, I'm just thinking about, would you ever do, I know you had a film done about you for running. Would you do a running film? Are you hinting at anything? I actually know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I now realize I've stumbled into. I'm just no, no, that's a great. I'm not jealous. It's fine. It's Sorry, right. um, n- I, I would. I think. Mm, like I think you know. Again, what you do, Rob, is so incredible. You know, documentary filmmaking is, I think, some of the most difficult filmmaking in the world. Because, like you were saying, you know, you don't know what's going to end up in the final cut. You could film hours and hours and hours upon hours, and then you're trying to get it down into a 28 minute episode or a hour and 45 minute film. Like it's just so sub four, tricky. Sub four I, to states. I mean, Matt might not have finished states. Right there is like, oh. Yeah. Like, so. Yeah. It's hard. It's super hard. And I I love watching documentaries, but I'm just in awe of documentary filmmakers. I think it's incredible. So I think if I was going to make a film about running, it would probably be more narrative than it would be documentary. But I don't know. Rob and I were kind of tossing around the idea of like, Let's just like grab Rob's new camera and all his new fancy lenses and go out in the woods somewhere and come up with a story. Uh, so we'll we'll see. You're, it's a you're a super talented actress or actor, and and honestly, any anything you go after, I feel like it'll be a fascinating film. Truly, I actually, do think it would be very cool to have a narrative running story because it so often is documentary and mm-hmm. yeah. Like the joke is, is that running documentaries are like watching paint dry. Like, oh my gosh, she ran fast again. <gasps> um, Who says that? They're so good. I, I so agree. many of them. You were best <laughs> friends agree. with climbing and that stuff, and now you're not. No, no, we're still <laughs> best friends. We're still <laughs> best friends, Rob. Don't break it up. <laughs> I am a completely on your side, but like to the outside world, they're like, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. I'm gonna watch a running documentary again. So like, adding a narrative and adding that element to it might like draw this draw them in to our world yeah and then they'll start loving the documentary so it'll be like because there's i mean just think about like i also love like a good sports movie whether or not it's based on a true story but like you know i want to do basketball basketball football hockey like they all have their their narrative sports movies that draw us in and make us cheer and make us cry and why can't you experience that with running i mean we have chariots of fire which is a great film but you know it doesn't have to be a bunch of white dudes in the 1900s yeah no i i totally agree yeah i think it's it's gonna happen i think that i think running a marathon uh was was recently a giant hit with it was, was Britney. Oh, yeah, Britney. Britney runs a marathon. Britney runs a marathon. Yeah, that, was that a good one. That yeah. hit mainstream, and I think trail running is due for their own uh, within outdoors. Yeah. But I don't want to yeah. give away all our ideas. Um, but yeah, I, I think almost like an indie type movie with character development that also includes running mm-hmm. is going to be uh, top yeah. of my priority list for 2021 personally. And I'm telling you, you you can do it. That's my biggest 
thing is like just go out and do it like life is too short just just go for it anybody can make a film anybody can run anybody can do anything they set their mind to that's my opinion i mean i would agree life's too short if you're just thinking about getting into running get out there if you're in running and you're not happy go make running happy again like just you know the clock's ticking here make those Mm -hmm. life changes and and find your own happiness out there i appreciate both your guys conversation today and allison where can we follow you on social media i want to know like you know when your next movie's coming out and that sort of thing yeah the best place to follow me is probably instagram i'm just allison h powell two l's in allison and two l's in powell no l's in the letter h and then my website too has information on film and i just added a little running section as well because i used to not talk about running much but starting to talk about it more and that's just allisonhardingpowell.com awesome Alyssa, thanks as always for co-hosting. Allison, appreciate all your time. And yet, I appreciate both of your time and your insight and answers. So, so helpful. I really appreciate it. That was episode 146. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Big thank you to Allison Powell for taking so much of her time. If you don't already follow her on social, check her out. She's going to be doing Moab 240 as long as that race is still on, which it really looks like it will be. Big shout out to Alyssa Clark for co-hosting as always. Much appreciated. Thank you to the Patreon supporters. And big thank you to the show sponsors, Hammer Nutrition, Exoskin, Kogala, Destination Trail. You guys have a great week. Don't forget to enjoy your training. See ya.